Hi, I'm Billy Glosson, lead pastor of Coram Deo Church in Morganton, North Carolina, and you're listening to the Coram Deo Podcast, a place to engage with sermons, devotionals, prayer, and everything else we're doing at Coram Deo. Thanks for listening. So let's jump into our discussion this morning. We're going to talk about the cruciform life, and I'm going to look particularly at 2 Corinthians. Um, We're going to look at chapter 12, starting in verse 7. We'll go through 7 through 10. Very familiar passage to many people, but I want to talk about this idea of the cruciform life. Now, before I define that, I want to just remind you of the season we're in as a church. We are in the Lenten season. So the church calendar has been helpful for me. If you've never followed a liturgical or church calendar where where there's different seasons, so think Advent, um, think Ordinary Time, think Lent, it's incredibly helpful just to kind of see how for centuries the church has had seasons and moments to remember and reflect. And right now what we're doing is we're joining with many brothers and sisters across the world to remember the sacrifice of Jesus. Um, And it's kind of a nod to the 40 days that Jesus took in the wilderness in preparation for his ministry. And so with that, we take 40 days to um, usually abstain uh, from something. So You maybe grew up with people saying, oh, I gave up chocolate for Lent. Um, But typically you want to see someone who gives up something sacrificial, right? So last year, um, and I commend my wife for this, she loves the show Gilmore Girls. Um, You don't like it? That's fine. But Hannah loves it. So she decided to give it up. Uh, It's kind of like a comfort thing. Hey, I'm I'm feeling lazy, tired. I want to just go to bed. I'm going to just turn an episode of Gilmore Girls on and fall asleep kind of thing. And Hannah was like, I think I find too much comfort in this. I want to find comfort in the Lord alone. So she gave that up for Lent. That's great. So Lent uh, flows through 40 days, except we take Sundays off as a day to celebrate, remember, and rejoice. And so that's why you see people, maybe you grew up around some friends who were Catholic, who ate filet fish right? I used to work at McDonald's in college uh, to earn some extra cash, and I remember every year around this time, the filet fish man, it just shot up. And that was because a lot of people who are Catholic do not eat any other meat except for fish until Sunday. So an interesting thing that a lot of people do for Lent. But for you and I, what I want to look at is this idea of how Lent calls us to remember that we are called to walk in the cruciform life. What do I mean by that? Well, the word cruciform is a word that means cross-shaped. And really, Jesus tells us, he says, We have to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. The call for you and I is that we would live lives of sacrifice. Um, We would live lives in serving and striving and and working um, to see the gospel advance. And often that doesn't look super fun. Um, I think we've been given a picture a lot of times of the Christian life of being sunshine and roses. There is, you know, a lot going on with the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel where people say if you believe in Jesus, if you sow a seed of faith, well, then you won't get sick. Um, You won't deal with any kind of frustrations. You'll get fancy cars, nice houses, and that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is a false gospel. It's anti-gospel. In fact, it doesn't make any sense at all with what we read in scripture. Again, that doesn't sound like deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. So we get a really interesting picture of what the cruciform life looks like in the believer 
in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So I'm going to read this, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. So Paul talks about a, a, a grand vision that God gives him, this amazing uh, experience where he sees this really incredible thing, and he has this temptation to become conceited, to be like, man, I am so special. God gave me this incredible vision. But this is what happens, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong." We have this really fascinating interaction where Paul is uh, seeing this incredible revelation from the Lord, and, and it's really easy, you know, like, man, I'm so cool, I'm so special, I'm so awesome, to become conceited. So to, to prevent that, the Lord allows this thorn in the flesh to plague Paul. Now, Paul is not into asceticism. What do I mean by that? Well, Paul's not into just piety for piety's sake. He's not into, I'm just going to suffer because that makes me extra holy. Again, what we don't want to do in fighting the prosperity gospel is become um, stoics and be be ascetic about our, um, sorry, it's early on, I'm running on a little sleep, being very kind of just driven to think that we just need to suffer for suffering's sake. No. We believe in the resurrection, right? So we believe God can and does heal. And we believe that God works in power. And God doesn't just want us to live up plagued and suffering, right? So Paul, knowing that, being a resurrection guy, comes before the Lord and says, Hey, can you take this from me? And see, sometimes God does. Sometimes God removes the cancer. Sometimes God lifts the burden. But sometimes God says no. Paul Miller says it this way. He says, Jesus is saying, I'm going to deliver you from evil by not delivering you from the thorn. I'm going to use outside evil, the thorn, to deliver you from inside evil being conceded. That's a really fascinating point. You see, the cruciform life is a life that not necessarily goes out looking for suffering, but that when suffering and affliction comes, rather than crumbling Rather than falling to pieces because God isn't giving us what we want, we need to come before the Lord and say, God, what are you doing in me? What is happening? You see, because Paul realized that what he needed was not the removal of the thorn from the flesh, but the power of Christ in him to be his sufficiency. He says, for the sake of Christ, then I'm content with weakness. Coram Deo, weakness is the way. We always want to be seen as the, I've got it all together, Christian. But that's not the way of the cruciform life. See, the cruciform life says, pick up your cross and do what? Follow me. We need to follow after Jesus. Be completely dependent upon the Lord. Seek to see him made much of in our weaknesses. So here's what happens. First, Paul faces the danger of conceit. Okay, he, he gets this grand vision and he faces this very pressing danger. So Jesus then second gives Paul a thorn that draws him into a mini death, as it were. 
So pride is stripped from Paul. Down at the bottom of this death, he becomes weak. But then what happens? He experiences resurrection power, right? Verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest in me. He experiences resurrection power in his life and ministry. Sometimes the resurrection of Jesus in our lives doesn't look like more money, nice cars, health and wealth. What it looks like is more of Jesus. If we are going to follow after Jesus, we have to see that the great gift, the great prize, is Christ himself. It's not more stuff. It's not more uh, health. It's, it's Jesus. And so often in our lives, we look to Jesus almost like this grand pinata in the sky and prayer is the stick. And if we just swing it hard enough, maybe we'll get what we want. But the cruciform life reminds us that the call is to follow after Jesus. That really all of our wanting is found empty when we look for it outside of Jesus. So what do you want this morning? What is it that is driving you? What is it that you've been pleading for, praying for? And is it maybe that Christ is denying you that so that his power might be made perfect in weakness? One of the verses that is very difficult for many of us is this idea that we are to share in the sufferings of Christ. What? Yeah, that's Bible. We are called to die to self and rise to newness of life. It's not a one-time experience. Yes, it's a one-time experience in that in the sense that it's salvific, in the sense that we are saved once and for all. But it is a sanctifying experience where we die daily, as Paul says, that we die to ourselves and we continually rise to newness of life. This living and dying, this cruciform life is difficult, yes, because crucifixion, it's painful, it's slow. But it is certain. God is working in us. He is using this to produce in us an eternal weight of glory. It's not worth comparison with all of the afflictions and pains that we face in this life. So again, I ask you, where is it that you put your hope? Where is it that you're putting your trust? And how can you maybe see those things as not eternal things, setting them down and saying, Jesus, give me more of you. Let's strive to do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the hope that we have in the gospel. That because of you, Lord, we can see moments of pain and frustration be turned for our good and your glory. That you desire for us to walk after you, to seek you, Lord. God, we see how the Apostle Paul was given a great gift from you. That he got this amazing vision. And then to keep him from becoming conceited and prideful, you allowed this thorn in the flesh. And your mercy to us is that that thorn is ambiguous because it can be rightly applied to our lives. That often, Lord, we experience trials, tragedies, sufferings, stirring us, Lord, so that your power may rest upon us and that it may be perfected in our weakness. Because when we are weak, Lord, then we are strong. Help us to rest in you, to seek you above all things, to know your goodness, your mercy is all that we need, Lord Jesus.
We love you. We thank you. We're so grateful for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Quorum Deo podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or our website, quorumdeonc.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram for a bigger picture inside the life of the church. Grace and peace be with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.